Hello and welcome to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock grain and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar and in today's episode I have Mercado's Managing Director Robert Herman with me to chat about the good times. Now that's not reminiscing about the past but the one we're experiencing right now in agriculture. So broadly speaking, Australian farmers are in a very good position this season with strong commodity prices. We've had favourable weather in most regions. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know we've been banging on about that all the time. But farm cash income expectations for broadacre farmers this season are tipped at around 18% higher compared to last. But it's not only commodity markets that have been on the up. The value of rural land has also been increasing which is what we're going to talk about today in the context of what this means for the agriculture industry and farm businesses. Before we get into my chat with Rob, though, a very quick recap of the week in markets. So supply of sheep and lambs continued really strongly this week, but the market did hold relatively firm. In March and April, lamb supply was higher year on year, and that's expected to be a story for slaughter rates for the rest of the year. But what was a good sign is that prices have held their ground despite the stronger supply in recent months. And on the cattle front, the young cattle market did pull off from recent highs this week. As Dave said in his cattle commentary on Mercado today, what goes up must come down. Well, that's usually the case, and it was for the Eki this week, which dropped 29 cents. There was a good story for the wool market, though, with a solid performance for the opening sales of what was actually the biggest offering that we've had in months. And the strong start really set the scene for the week with the positive sentiment maintained and the east and west market indicators improving. So there's a quick market update for you. We will get into today's conversation in just a moment after a thank you to the sponsor of today's episode. Have you ever had that feeling in your tummy when you haven't eaten all day and it's just rumbling and grumbling? Then you go to the fridge and darn it, there's nothing in it. Well, here's the key to beating the empty fridge blues. Be prepared. Think ahead. What should I have this week? Steak? Lamb? Why not head over to Cleaver's Organics website and check out their range of certified organic beef, lamb and chicken products. Order online for home delivery. What else have they got here? Organic beef jerky? Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying that. Cleaver's Organic meats come from Aussie farming families. Cleaver's Organics. From families to families. Thanks for sponsoring our podcast this week and don't forget to check them out. Now back to the latest agricultural market trends from the team at Mercado. Thanks for coming on the podcast again this week, Rob. And what I want to talk to you about today is something a little different from our normal commodity markets, but something that's equally as important in agriculture and certainly something that's getting a lot of attention in the press, and that's the value of rural land. So what sort of insight have you got into the value of rural land at the moment? Well, Liv, um, I think I'm like a lot of people. We're, we're quite taken aback by some of the, um, you know, really strong prices you hear about. And, you know, at a time when uh, perhaps a couple of years ago we might have thought that uh, the economies and markets and commodities might struggle a little bit, we've got, you know, things going really strongly in terms of uh, land price. And I think it's, it's worth just drilling down a little bit into what's, what might be driving that. Uh, we're obviously not real estate agents and we're not land valuers, but we do know that uh, these these land prices are for properties that are going to be producing commodities. And that's where I think the real story is. I think we've got 
I know we had a, some of the uh, newspapers had a look at this and said, well, what's the return on investment? What sort of returns can you generate at those sort of uh, exorbitant dollar prices? And the and the but the true answer is that you can't return anything much at all because the um, no matter how good commodity prices are, they haven't been able to keep up with the land prices. But that in itself is only part of the story because I think what we're seeing is that the successful farmers are taking advantage of these good seasons. So the, the ones who have got their businesses really humming are taking advantage of good seasons that we've had. And, and while we know it's not in every area, certainly in some areas and in, in some of the areas that we look at or where we're living, the seasons haven't been too bad and we're in a good one at the moment. But on top of that, we've had good prices. And so you combine that with uh, good farmers, good prices and good seasons and all of a sudden, there's this optimism, there's this um, uh, revenue coming into the businesses, and uh, and they're looking to expand. So a lot of it is being driven, unlike in the past, where it was driven by corporates, a lot of it now is being driven by neighbours, where live they look at, the, uh, at their business and say, we're in this business long term, um, we need to keep expanding and growing and building our base. So when some property comes up, they're adding onto it and they're the ones buying it. And so, Rob, how sustainable are the farming businesses that are purchasing land at the moment at these extreme values? Although commodity prices are returning very historically strong amounts at the moment, they might not be around forever. So what does this mean over the medium to long term? Well, I think it's I think it's very positive because these businesses that are expanding at these times are businesses that uh, are successful, these farms are successful, and they intend to make sure they're successful into the future long term. Now, if you remember back, we interviewed uh, Mike Stevens, who did a podcast, and, and he's just done his PhD on succession planning. And one of the things that uh, he identified in his research was that a successful farm business, and so the way he defined a successful farm business was that it was able to um, pay its way, it was able to um, have the, uh, the the previous generation retire and had funds for that, um, but it was also able to develop a su- succession plan. His definition of a successful business was one that needed to double in size every 30 years. So in 30 years, you've got to double your business. Now, most farms don't do that, and, and it's not a big problem, but if you want to have a long-term uh, succession plan, then you've got to double your your acreage. So what that means is that the farms that are buying these farmers up and expanding their businesses are setting themselves up for the future, and and that's and that's a good thing. It means though that we're going to have fewer farmers. Again, Mike gave us the statistic that told us that only there's only 55,000 broadacre farmers in the country, and a lot of those won't be expanding. They, some of them will even be um, downsizing or selling out now to, in, in the situations we just talked about. For, for successful agriculture to go forward, and, and, and especially in the commodities that we look at, whether it's related to livestock or grains or oilseeds, those farms need to be growing and they need to be expanding. And, of course, if you're doing that, you're, you're building on the back of what is probably a very uh, secure business with relatively high equity, and uh, and if that's the case, then you can comfortably uh, expand, build your your um, business, and uh, and just incorporate that into the current situation. And and I know this all sounds live a little bit uh, anecdotal, 
But I think that's where the story is with this. It's not about people, you know, lining up and saying we want to invest in agriculture for the first time. A lot of this um, uh, high prices is being paid by neighbours. And I think they're not silly. They're good farmers. They make sensible decisions. They've built their business soundly in the past. So I think the real reason is that they're taking advantage of the optimism, the positive outlook for agriculture, and they're building their businesses when the opportunity arises. And of course, if you're going to do that, then you've got to compete with the other neighbours who are going to try and be doing the same thing. So that's what's pushing prices on a bit, I think. And that would no doubt have impacts if we see, you know, big sort of push in that direction, Rob, for productivity improvements in agriculture if we're seeing those sorts of moves. You're exactly right, Liv. You hit the nail on the head there because we know that it's the it's the larger successful farms that are going to um, be driving innovation and that because that's what's happened in the past. And it flows down to down through the the, um, the chain as you know eventually, but you need to have that capacity to you know fund new innovation, uh, get economies of scale. There's one other thing we haven't talked about, and that's the banks. And at the same time as as we've got this optimism in agriculture, we've got these record low interest rates, and the, the businesses that we know of who are buying you know, expanding their business now by increasing their land holding. They've got really good equity in their businesses, in their farm businesses, and and I'm sure banks want to be involved in those businesses. Their, their job is about lending money to successful businesses and businesses that can move forward and, and, and fund themselves. So you've got the, the combination of, you know, pretty good conditions, both price and season, and you've got a pretty good outlook and you've got funding organisations that are keen to lend money out to those those farmers we talked about, those farmers who are setting themselves up for long-term successes. And speaking of outlook, we've got strong projections for farm business returns in the 2020-21 year. And we've had a pretty good rainfall that's really set a lot of the country up for a good cropping season. But what are the events that we'll be looking for to, to get another strong season in 21-22? Well, I think there's no doubt that the uh, the weather is is the is the key element in all of this because when we looked at uh, real successful businesses that are in agriculture, it's not about the prices, it's about the productivity. And so, you know, a lot of farm productivity is tied up in in what falls out of the sky. So, while at the moment we've got good conditions, um, we've got you know, quite a positive outlook for much of Australia. You know, if you look across the cropping areas, all the cropping areas have had some breaking rains. Um, I always hesitate when I say all the areas because I know there'll be somebody who calls up and say, you missed us, we haven't had the rain. But by and large, there's been a lot of rainfall at the critical time pre-planting. Uh, we know that a lot of the canola is planted and, and some of it germinated and up out of the ground. Um, we know that canola, if you just want to talk about canola for a minute, those prices, the, the prediction for canola prices, we talked about them, I think, last week, they are, you know, at, at very high decile levels. So we've got, you know, fine conditions and a fine uh, outlook for prices. That's, you know, the, you said, what's the key thing going forward? Well, we know that the, the herd rebuild, if we talk about cattle for a minute, is based on the amount of rain. And uh, while we've got a lot of feed in the countryside on the east coast of Australia, the restocking will be maintained for a period. But if we do happen to miss out on spring rains next year in those northern areas or, or summer rains in, in the far north, 
then we'll find that um, you know that restocker activity will dry up and commodity prices will or cattle prices will pull back a bit. But it's almost like we're looking for you know we're reaching out to try and find things that might go wrong when it seems right now it's much easier live to uh, identify things that are going to stay positive in agriculture and you know I've been in a lot longer than you obviously and you just know that things come out of left field but uh, that said um, I think we said it last week this is a pretty good time to be talking about agriculture. You're not wrong there, but there has been a few things from left field, even in the time that I've been in the game. A little thing called African swine fever comes to mind. But we're probably close to wrapping up today's conversation, though, Rob. Do you have any final thoughts on the opportunity and risk in investment in land at this time? Yeah, look, it's a funny thing. The, the question is always about land prices. Would you rather be a buyer or a seller? And uh, again, I'm probably sitting on the fence, Liv. If I had land to sell, I'd be very happy because, you know, you couldn't have got a better investment anywhere than by owning agricultural land. But on the other hand, you know, I know the people who are investing in these agriculture, they are going to be successful because they have a track record and we've got, you know, a, a growing world population that is increasingly demanding the types of products we produce out of Australia. So, Glass half full again, Liv. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> how we like it. Well, thanks for coming on Commodity Conversations. And to our listeners, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Liv. If you enjoyed the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, give us a review on your listening platform of choice, and of course, share it about with your teammates or just your regular mates as well. And we'll be back with more in just a week's time. Thanks for listening to Commodity Conversations, audio production by David Myers. 